Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, May 12th. What the end of the federal COVID-19 public health emergency means for San Diegans. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. Title 42 ended last night with hundreds of asylum seekers waiting at the border. Some local officials are raising concerns about shelter and security for asylum seekers. El Cajon Mayor Bill Wells has written to the White House about those concerns. He expects about three to 500 migrants a day who need services to come through El Cajon. Wells says despite a lack of communication and funding from the county and federal government, they're ready to take quick action to provide emergency shelter and keep everyone safe. My goal always is to keep everybody in this community completely safe and taken care of the best way I possibly can. He says they have several plans they can roll out. The U.S. Coast Guard has suspended its search for three people who were on a small plane that crashed in the ocean near San Clemente Island. The Coast Guard says another plane was in the area when the downed plane was reported Wednesday morning and immediately began searching for survivors. Officials said they searched more than 330 square miles for more than 24 hours, but found no signs of any survivors. USD is hosting a special ceremony on board the USS Midway today, honoring 41 military-connected students who are getting their degrees. Juan Cedillo is one of the students being honored. He's a son of Mexican immigrants who came to the U.S. almost 30 years ago. Cedillo is proud of his Mexican heritage and his decision to enlist in the Army. They gave everything they could for us, as well as giving everything up for themselves. So I felt like I had an obligation to honor the sacrifices my parents did for me and my sister. He's graduating from USD with a bachelor's in electrical engineering and has accepted a job with Boeing. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Since 2020, COVID-19 has affected our daily lives. And yesterday marked the end of the federal COVID-19 public health emergency. Reporter Melissa May tells us what this means for San Diego residents. For the average American, some aspects of COVID-related health care coverage may change after today. But California state law adds six months to some PHE requirements. San Diego residents will continue to be able to get the COVID-19 vaccine, testing, and therapeutics for free. Rebecca Fielding Miller is an assistant professor at UC San Diego's School of Public Health and says the continued free access to therapeutics like Paxlovid is important. 
pharmacists can prescribe Paxlovid. Telehealth doctors can prescribe Paxlovid. So you don't even have to go to your primary care physician to get this medication that has been shown to both decrease immediate symptoms and the risk of long COVID. San Diegans will also still be able to get up to eight over-the-counter COVID tests per month covered by their health insurance provider. Melissa May, KPBS News. The South Bay has its first shelter for the unhoused, but it's not your typical shelter. Reporter John Carroll explains what makes it special. Special precisely because it's non-congregate. Chula Vista Village at Otay features 65 tiny homes, bungalows really, 64 square feet. They all include heat and air conditioning, along with power outlets for people's devices. Scores of federal, state, and local officials turned out for Thursday's ribbon-cutting, including Chula Vista's Park Ranger Program Manager, Sam Alzubedi. The idea for the village of tiny homes came from him and Chula Vista PD's homeless outreach team. Alzubedi says he's thrilled to see the project come to fruition. By doing this, I feel it's going to be a huge success for individuals that really want to put their lives back together. The village also features bathrooms, showers, a laundry facility, and a cafeteria where residents are served three meals a day. There are also support services. People will start moving in on Monday. John Carroll, KPBS News. In other efforts to address homelessness in the region, safe camping sites will be opened in the city of San Diego later this year. Meanwhile, a report found nearly 2,000 people in downtown San Diego were homeless last month. That's the highest ever monthly total. Here's Jacob Ayer with more on the new sites. The safe sleeping sites will be on city-owned parking lots adjacent to Balboa Park and be able to accommodate roughly 500 people in a few months. The sites will have individual tents provided by the city. Jose de Jesus is a senior citizen living on the streets downtown, looking for a safe and sober environment to call home. I'm open to the idea it's better than sleeping on the streets. And if they have uh, you know, shower facilities, that's even better. The safe sleeping sites will provide essentials like food, bathrooms, security, and other services, and be located at Balboa Park's 20th and B Street and parking lot O. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up, it's almost the weekend. Are you interested in some weekend plan ideas? Well, we've got you covered. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. The San Diego region has more Indian reservations than any other county in the U.S., but thousands of Native Americans also live in cities spread throughout San Diego. Reporter Jacob Ayer says one youth center is reconnecting those individuals, both young and old, with their ancestral heritage. The San Diego American Indian Health Center is easy to see from the street in Bankers Hill. 
with beautiful Native American artwork on the face of the building. But right next door is a location that's harder to find, the organization's Youth Outreach Center. It's been providing critical programming for decades and bridging the gap between generations in San Diego's Native community. And we are considered urban Indians because we all live in the urban area of San Diego. There are 18 reservations that surround San Diego, but they are Kumia. 89-year-old elder Randy Edmonds says the Youth Center is a space for Native Americans of all nations to connect with their roots. He belongs to the Kiowa tribe of Oklahoma. His son Larry helps lead some of the youth programs at the center. Having to learn their language, we get them involved in art. Uh, we have some classes in beading, uh, moccasins, uh, talking circles, where a lot of uh, natives will come in and, and get involved in a circle and actually talk about the things that they go through and how we can help them in their walk in their lives. Larry's daughter and Randy's granddaughter, Melanie Edmonds, works at the American Indian Health Center just across the street. It's nice when people come in and just say, oh, I didn't even know you were here. And we're like, we've been here for a while. Um, and so I think it, that is unfortunate that a lot of people just don't know that we're here and don't know that we have the resources that they could really use. The youth center programs are often fun, but some take a more serious tone. Those activities look to address intergenerational trauma in Native American communities. So I had uh, a boarding school experience, uh, which actually what they wanted to, us to do was to be cleansed of our Indianness. Elder Randy was part of a relocation program after his boarding school experience, which is what brought him to Southern California. He says many urban Native Americans in the U.S. have similar family histories. And the intent of that relocation program was to assimilate uh, the Native American into the mainstream of society. And that was basically to make him white. Their work at the Youth Center includes passing down stories like Randy's and upholding traditions. They also team up with their health center to provide specially tailored mental and behavioral health services. Maybe when I was growing up, I was afraid to show who I was just because you don't know if you're going to get made fun of. You don't know. You just don't know the outcome of it. Melanie says being around other people like herself and sharing their stories helped her to grow. Working in Native communities has really helped me become a little more confident in being Native American. I do feel like there just needs to be a lot more awareness to people who are Native and want to get to know their culture. Larry says the Youth Center programs connects people more deeply to their spirituality. It's really a connection of community and, and to me through prayer and just, uh, just having services for them and just having a place for them to go that they feel safe. One thing all the programs at the Youth Center have in common, they're keeping traditions alive despite the odds. We're still alive. We haven't gone anywhere. Our language is strong, our culture is strong, our spirituality is strong. And we want to pass that on to make sure that we're not remembered in history books like no many people are. The organization is hosting their 35th annual Gathering of the People at a Balboa Park powwow this Mother's Day weekend. Like at their youth center, they invite all people, whether native or non-native, or living on a reservation or in a city, to join. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News.
Before you go, we have some suggestions on arts events to check out this weekend. Here's arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans and my colleague Jane Heinemann with the details. This one seems like a big deal, a major exhibit of work by artist Georgia O'Keeffe, shown alongside British sculptor Henry Moore at the San Diego Museum of Art. What's the connection between these two? Right. So I think most everyone has known or seen Georgia O'Keeffe's works, at least peripherally, um, these evocative close-up flowers and southwestern landscapes. But I personally was not familiar with Henry Moore and till hearing about this exhibition. He's a British sculptor, and while O'Keeffe is an American painter, but they both lived around the same time. They were both similarly working in modernism, but their work has never been exhibited together until now. And what I love is the way that the pairing of these two shows off their use of natural forms, like landscapes, but also the shapes of bones and skulls against landscapes. There's definitely flowers in this exhibit too, of course, but there's also a lot of figures and and bodies, both in O'Keeffe's paintings and Moore has a lot of figure sculptures too. And just seeing all these works together, the, the curves and the lines, it all seems really coherent, kind of like they were all made to be shown together in the first place. It's curated by San Diego Museum of Art's Anita Feldman, and it opens on Saturday. Then after it closes here, that'll be late August, it tours um, to a couple other places in North America, including in New Mexico, where George O'Keefe made her home. Hmm. That sounds really interesting, um, especially the idea of having bones and skulls against the landscape of flowers. Uh, it, what kind of emotion does that evoke when you see that? You know, for me, it's kind of like there's this idealism, and I think that's one of the foundations of modernism. A lot of people think of it as abstract art, but one of the things that I see in O'Keeffe's work is like idealism of human nature and also the environment. It's, It's really beautiful. All right. And this weekend is Mother's Day. So how about some suggestions uh, for somewhere to take your mom? Or if you're the mom, maybe there's uh, something you can take your kids to. Right. I mean, I personally am going to drag my kids to the Georgia O'Keeffe exhibit without them complaining, but there are a couple of actual family-centered things out there, too. City Ballet is one. They're doing a kid-friendly performance on Sunday of Alice in Wonderland. It's fully child-friendly, but it's still a classical ballet with Tchaikovsky's score, and the sets and the costumes on this one are really fun. They're recognizable for kids from the Lewis Carroll story. It's at the Joan B. Croc Theater in Orlando, and all tickets are $25. And kids age two and under are free if they can sit on your lap and don't need their own seats. And there will also be a few pre-show and intermission activities to keep your little ones engaged. All right. And in visual art, uh, the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego in La Jolla, they've got something special going on. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's like a Mother's Day version of their free Prebus Play Day. So museum admission is free all day for anyone. Plus, if you have younger kids, there'll be some slingshot making activities that's inspired by artist Griselda Rosas. She has these giant slingshots that are on display at the museum. And to tie it all together, Rosas' work is super informed by her own motherhood. She actually collaborated with her younger son on some of the pieces that are on display at the museum. So yay, moms. This is all from (laughs) 10 to 4 on Sunday. I don't know if I should say thanks for that or uh, what what are you thinking? (laughs) Yay, moms. I don't know. (laughs) 
slingshots, just what the kids need to learn how to make. All right. (laughs) Uh, Lots of great stuff happening this weekend. uh, And I appreciate it, Julia. That was KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman speaking with arts producer and editor Julia Dixon-Evans. You can find details on all of the events mentioned and more events at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS producer Emmalyn Mohebi and edited by senior producer Brooke Ruth. Join us on Monday to start your week with local news. Plus, our KPBS arts reporter joins me to talk about the Comic-Con Museum's new exhibit, Trino's World. I'm Debbie Cruz. Have a great weekend. And no, I didn't forget. If you're a mom, have a safe and happy Mother's Day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.